All right, guys, and thank you for choosing for all we know. As you know, this is technically going to be our eighth podcast. I, I think we're uh, we're doing pretty good here. You know, I, I I love listening back to our podcast because it it's really funny to me because it's all of our stories. We're all just one big group of friends. And I wanted to ask y'all a question. I know that Bland and I have talked about this, but what is y'all's stance on manicures? I personally have never had one. Okay. Um, I uh, To be honest with you, I'm not opposed to having one. I have heard petties are phenomenal. Um, I just, I guess it's chauvinist in me is just I just can't bring myself around to get a mani and pedi. I, I can't do both. I don't like people messing with my feet. I don't like feet in general, so I definitely don't want somebody fucking with mine. But I I can say that I have gone out and gotten a manicure and they're fairly inexpensive. They treat you like royalty. Most places well, I I can't say most, but the place that we went to would give you free wine or free water and they just massage your hands and Blake, uh, I actually saw you this weekend, and I tried for us to go get a manicure, and you kind of shut it down. Yeah, I mean, I kind of with Tim, like, I could probably do the pedicure, because, like, I, I kind of like getting my feet massaged or whatever, and that's, I know that's, like, 90% of it. And, uh, like, I don't, I don't have nasty toenails or anything, but I don't know if I actually know how to properly clip my toenails. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they always seem to get, like, the perfect line where it, like, grows how it shows in the charts in health class and mine you know my pinky toe is the size of like an atom and then my big toes toenail is like the size of a dinner plate so i don't oh was the first podcast the one where we played would you rather it was one of the no, earlier episodes. i think that was well the, you know yeah, how there was the, the um would you one. excuse yeah. me would you rather have internet or ac i was in austin with you for a little bit on sunday michael and i came home and my AC was on, but it was 84 degrees huh. in my apartment, and my AC was set to like 78 because y'all, you know, I keep it really high. Oh, but yeah. it was running, and it was that high, and I, I was like holding my hand above the, the AC vent, and it was blowing out, but it wasn't cold at all. And for one, I got immediately pissed because I was, I basically thought, oh well, great, this has been running for three days straight, and you know, because it's been trying to go down the temperature, so my electric bill is going to show that. And two. It just seems like one thing after another with this fucking apartment because, um, Michael, you know that the very first time it rained here, I found out that I have four spots in my roof yeah. that leak and um, the hot water heater will blow the fuse if I have the dryer on at the same time. When the hot water heater does work, it only works for my kitchen sink and not my shower and then my AC unit. Yeah, and my AC unit has a busted drainage pipe, which drains right above my shower. And because it's they jerry-rigged a drainage system into it, which my apartment complex's solution to it was to just take out one of the fucking screws holding the panel up. So it has this river of rust water that drips out of my ceiling into my tub, which is fine, except it's exploding this rust water all day. So I've got this nice, you know, burnt orange tint to my tub. And, uh, yeah, it just looks like I'm disgusting, but in reality, my water is just so tainted coming out of the, the top there. And, oh yeah, and the water is so fucking hard in this county that even when you put it through a Brita twice, you still get calcium buildup on your glass. Don't. So, we 
lived uh, outside of Bastrop, and I've still got, or outside of Austin in Bastrop, and we've I've still got some family that live there. But when we moved from an apartment back to a house, we had a cat, and his name was Jack. One day, Jack went missing. So mom was freaking out. We just couldn't find this cat. So we're looking everywhere. She's like, I think it's in the attic. Like, All right, cool. So we go up there, and you walk into the attic and up around the corner, and there's a platform that you can walk on. Well, I look around the corner and I'm stepping over a vent or stepping over a vent and I fall through the ceiling. Oh, I totally forgot about this. Right. <laughs> but luckily there was a two by two, uh, like it was a four by four or a two by four built around, but it was a square and I fell directly through the square and I luckily grabbed myself, but I had gone all the way up to my shoulders that fell through <laughs> the ceiling that far, that quick. Jeez. And I would have fallen directly onto a table that had been taken apart and the legs were sticking just straight up out of a box under me. So I'm not kidding when I say that ceiling didn't get fixed for almost two and a half years after that happened. It was just a gaping hole that we duct taped a trash bag over so that the AC wouldn't escape into the attic. Dude, that was like a final destiny. (laughs) Oh, I know. It could have gone incredibly bad, and incredibly bad, but luckily I caught myself. And it happened so fast, I really didn't know what happened until I was hanging from the ceiling. And it was really hard to explain to my mom why I was up there right. at 2 in the morning trying to find the cat. Because, it, in like Brandon was saying, there's like pink insulation, but for some reason, the house that they're living in has... It just looks like recycled Those paper. Are white. And like little nuggets, yeah, yeah, and it's just thrown over the entire roof or uh, the entire ceiling, and it, I don't. I feel like that would be way more flammable. <laughs> but uh, I was watching a comedian uh, yesterday, and he was saying that you know if you eat something hot, you burn the roof of your na- mm-hmm. of your mouth, but technically that's the the ceiling of your mouth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, the, the roof of your mouth is actually the top yeah. of your head. And people who use the roof of your mouth to explain that aren't using the attic You're of right. your mouth. <laughs> this is like the Duff thing all over. Yeah, I thought it was funny because I was like, man, we say roof of your mouth for everything, but it's not actually. Right. It's the ceiling. No one knows that arc- or, um, whatever it's called. Um, not archaeology. We're not details. talking about dinosaurs. Architecture. There it is. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't go to school, and I got a really bad education. <laughs> but you're here now. Am I? I mean, Everything is an illusion. We're just, yeah, we're just a construct. organisms on a rock flying through space. Nothing actually matters. Dude, Jim Carrey got so excited. Well, you know what does matter to me? You, you know what does matter to me? The niche sport of the day. Well, buckle the fuck up, Michael, because I've got a story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Have you ever heard of Octopush? I've heard of the movie Octopussy that's in the well, 007 series, but no, I've not heard of what called you're Octo. Perfect. And it's otherwise known as underwater hockey, and it's basically okay. exactly as it sounds. And they, um, you play, and you've got you have to play it underwater. So you actually ha- there's no like breathing apparatuses as far as um. Uh, air tanks or anything like that you have to use like a snorkel and goggles and stuff like that so it's it's based on your ability to actually hold your breath 
you know, how, like if you can hold your breath underwater for a long time, you have a, like a higher competitive advantage or whatever. And they have hockey sticks, but they're like these little, maybe eight to 10 inch long hockey sticks. And, um, you can only use like your dominant hand to hold the stick or whatever, to like push the thing around. And essentially what it is, is you're scooting this puck along the bottom of the pool into, you know, it's, it's, it's literally hockey underwater and you've got to like score it and you can actually, I don't know if you can like check people. I mean, you probably can, but it's not nearly as, you know, aggressive underwater because you're moving about a 10th of the speed. But, uh, yeah, it's, mm. it's pretty cool, but it's from yeah the United Kingdom and, uh, it's like the opening line in Wikipedia is just like, mainly in the United Kingdom is a globally played limited contact sport. <laughs> and like the fact that that was the opening line to like get people interested. But the stick is literally called a pusher because it just looks like a ladle that you just kind of <laughs> scoot this little puck Whoa. along the bottom. And uh, yeah, it's not as, as interesting as corfball, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just, right. I thought it was interesting. The, the, for one, the name was an attention grabber to begin with, like Octopush. And it's not like Aquapush, it's like Octopus with an H at the end of it. Like, they... <laughs> so is there... Eight people that play There's, on each team, uh, or is it it's, like four it's on four? It's six v six, but it says up. It says that's up to odd. ten, but six in play, and it's mixed gender. So that's another reason why it's kind of gaining traction again. Yeah, that's that's the uh, the niche sport. I mean, that yeah. is pretty niche. If if I do say so, I think you did a pretty good job. Well, I have a question for y'all. What do you think is the most bacteria filled item in an airport? If you had to guess. I would say a phone. Okay, so just something right, that someone's right. carrying with I, them. Yeah, like phones, phone. like people don't realize this, but most phones carry more bacteria than toilet seats. We just don't clean and, them. And we clean toilet yeah, seats We never every perceive our phones as being dirty, you know what I mean? Which is funny because we literally do no. everything yeah. with them, but you never think about cleaning it. But I was going to say the bins at like the security checkpoints. That's is absolutely that correct. So, yeah, it is. So most people think that the toilets would be, but the plastic trays actually hold the most. One reason the TSA agents wear gloves is for this reason. The flu or respiratory infections and bacteria can stay on those trays from hours yeah. to days. So you could... Somebody could have the flu, not know it, put it on that tub, and two days later you could... Yeah, that's... Flu. You know, people just don't think about it because we just assume they're clean, but... But then also, a day? I think we then, just expect them to clean them, you know what I mean? I guess right. TSA doesn't give a shit. <laughs> well, TSA is a waste of space anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, get where you're from, I will but, say, yeah. I don't know if y'all have been to the airport recently, or I don't know if this is just international, but I know when I flew a couple of years ago... They have these, you know, there's like the little metal detector gate thing you walk through. And of course, you like put your hands up or whatever to whatever for it to sense better. But now they have, it's literally like a, almost like a closet you walk in that's see-through. And you put your feet on these little outlines on the floor and you raise your hands above yeah. your head. And this thing like literally probes all the way around you. And <laughs> it's, it, what it is, is it's essentially like a... Um, 
like a tanning bed that's standing up that you you stand in and it it like encapsulates you or whatever. But what it does is the reason it's like that is so that if you happen to have an explosive device on you and it recognizes it, it will trap you in there and detonate it so it kills only you and no one else around you. Oh my god, I didn't even Yeah, I mean that. I, I don't so know if it smart. forces it to detonate, but I know that it contains it so that you're like you only end up killing yourself. So, and if you just have something on you, they can detain you. Because those things aren't that right. (laughs) (laughs) Or it'd be it'd be better if it just closes it and just drops into the floor, so that like nobody knows what the hell just happened. Just you know, like where'd he go? Well, could you imagine here like a lockdown? I mean, they Mm, would mm, mm, right, and then some guy just like Star Trek terrorism bullshit. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I mean, it's it's cool to know that that's like the security we're at, but it sucks knowing that that's necessary nowadays right someone pointed out that you don't actually have to have your id with you to no fly you don't even you don't have to even have a you don't yeah you don't even have to have a passport to fly domestically see i didn't know that either because well i mean you're domestic anyway so why would it matter yeah apparently you don't have to have an id because if you got stuck in a city where you couldn't get your id for some reason Wait, they're so... just not gonna leave you there well i mean apparently they do they do a full body rundown though if you so they take there's like an extra step they take if you because like right yeah they go through all of your luggage and they do like a like an intense pat down there's a compensation for they're not just like well (laughs) you knucklehead i'll let you go this you know let's let's not even scan this guy he's going through the bomb coffin trustworthy so speaking of the bomb coffin the last one of the last times i flew i uh totally forgot that i had my ticket in my back pocket and so I put emptied out my front pocket because I, I rarely even put anything in my back left pocket. My wallet goes in my back right, and then my phone and keys are in the front pocket. So that's what I emptied to put in the trays, <laughs> the uh, death trays. Uh, <laughs> and uh, those those all need to be taken cool. by the CDC. But um, anyway, I go through and they're like, "Hey, do you have anything in your your pockets?" I was like, "No, we're good." They scan me twice. And then they pull me to the side. They're like, there's something in your back left pocket. And I'm like, what? And I reach back. I'm like, oh, that's my ticket. My bad. And so I had to get taken to the oh. side room and get a full pat down. Uh, <laughs> they just and, make you uh, feel bad for not following directions. And then the dude just made it so right. awkward with the pat down. Because they use the outside of their, their hand, right? They don't actually touch you. They, they run the yeah. outside of their hand along everything. Every, <laughs> every like crease and crevice he tried to make small talk with it while he was doing it that's what it made it so awkward like just just pat me down and get it over with i don't want to have small i don't want to talk about small talk while you're while you're trying to pat me down yeah (laughs) yeah speaking of cavity searches i've got a pretty good story for you when i was in high school there wasn't a lot for us to do as we've talked about it was a very small town we grew up in and i had a good friend we'll call him jack uh, not to be the same as the cat, but um, he loved coming over to the house. He loved hanging out with me and my younger brother. Well, during the summer, he would be up incredibly early. And the weirdest thing about it is he would let himself into our house and he would just stand at the end of my bed until I woke up. He wouldn't try to wake me or anything. And I'd wake up and be like, Jack, what the fuck are you doing to my house? Oh, well, I've been up. Just like six, and I'm bored. Let's go do something. <laughs> okay, fucking creeper. Can I like get out of bed first? Well, one day he was giving us the opportunity to take his boat out. 
So I was like, yeah, we can go ahead and we'll go out. And he was like, yeah, my dad gave me this boat and it's working great now. I was like, okay, cool. So we go and drop it in the lake. And as we're trying to start the engine, it's not working right. We're like, okay, well, you know, the, the, the driving pin it is broken or whatever. So we'll just float around because it's not a windy day. So we had an anchor and we just drop it in and we fish a little bit and we keep moving. Well, before we know it, uh, the wind blew in and pushed us to the opposite side of the lake a lake right and the only way we could figure to get back because there was only one oar and three of us was get out and pull it by the lead rope and swim back to shore right so it takes us hours to get moved anywhere i've never been more tired in my life but the best part of the story is my younger brother was like dude i've got a shit we're like, all right, well, you're going to have to swim to shore and do it, right? Just, just, or, or get out of the boat and just do it. Just let it float around, you know, and just whatever. So, That'll sink, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he swims to shore and it's up towards the panhandle. So it's all just mesquite trees and just dirt. So he's with, it's, he's climbed up this cliffside because he had to. And he comes back, and he, he had to wipe with his underwear. Uh, he just left it up there. So you can, still, <laughs> you can still see the compression shorts up there at the lake. And so the, the thing is, we had to pull the boat to shore, and we didn't even get it back to the dock. We just got it to the other side of the lake, and we were still probably... 800 or more feet away from the actual dock. So we get out, we walk, and we go get his dad's boat that he actually likes, his good boat. <laughs> and we go to drop this thing in the water and didn't put uh... any of the fucking plugs in it. So this motherfucker is taken on water, and the issue was uh... the batteries were in the back. So we're pulling these essentially car batteries out of the water and we had to pull it back up but when we were trying to crank it because the back end was heavier the nose had pushed away so when you crank the boat up it was too heavy and it just Uh. kept snapping so it just kept falling back into the water it was terrible well finally we get it we and we just drive the new boat over to the old boat and just like side by side tie them together and drive it back it had taken us from about seven in the morning until about four in the afternoon to get this whole ordeal over. And my little brother is still incredibly embarrassed that there are his shitty drawers on the cliffside of this lake. Well, uh, now that we've talked about that, I want to go to our game of the day. It's going to be mindless riddles. So I'm going to give you easy children's riddles and see if you can answer them correctly all right (laughs) so first round first question goes to twister you ready all right let's do this what has a face two hands but no arms or legs that's a clock that is absolutely correct all right blake last question first round what gets Um, wetter uh, as it dries a mop or something it's a towel. That's what it is, yeah. That's absolutely correct. As it gets wetter, it gets drier is a towel. Now, second round goes to Tim. 
What has a neck but no head? Come on. Five seconds. Shoot. I, like, it. I get, I'm sorry. The answer is a bottle. I knew that one. Dang on it. <laughs> I told you these are easy riddles. All right, Blake. Yeah. What belongs to you, but is used more by others? Your name. That's absolutely correct. Blake is our big winner yeah. for the day. All right, guys, and on to a segment that I really enjoy about this podcast. I like to keep this as positive as we can. Now, we're going to talk about our woman in history, and we're going to talk about Eleanor Roosevelt today. Now, of course, everyone knows she was married to FDR. She did actually a lot of campaigning on his behalf. Now, while they were out on the campaign trail, she bought and taught at a school for girls. During that time, she established a factory to help Hyde Park families, which is a small historic part of Austin. But after FDR passed, she became a delegate for the UN. After she transitioned to the National Advisory Committee of the Peace Corps after her extensive work in the UN, fought for women's rights and civil rights until her death. And of course, her legacy now is that she revolutionized the role as First Lady. She was in the foreground versus most of the first ladies up to then that stayed, you know, as a background figure, not as a, a, a prominent woman in this, this uh, presidency. Well, guys, thank you so much for choosing for all we know. We really appreciate the, the subscriptions and listening to us and follow us on Twitter. I put out every time that the show has been released. Also, the information in the show that we talked about. So if you, if you have any other questions or things like that, feel free to join us on Twitter at For All We Know, and it's spelled F-O-R-E. For Michael, him, and Blake, thank you so much, and have a great night.